following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. We have been pursuing the invitation of the Lord to come into the secret place, to surrender our secret life to him. I'm just going to hit the ground running. So are you ready? Okay. Um, We really do feel like it is an invitation of the Lord for this season, that the most important place that we can be right now is in the secret place, that there is something that he is cultivating in our inner life with him in our personal life with him. When we talk about the secret place, that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about the place where we dwell with the Spirit of God or where the Spirit of God dwells in us. And how do we cultivate that? We know that the Spirit of God is readily available to us. That we get to, we don't have to necessarily go to the tabernacle to have the Spirit of God, but that he is available to us all the time. And so part of this pursuit of surrendering our secret place, our secret life to him, is that our awareness would be raised of the spirit in the presence of God, and our awareness would be um, turned towards that in a very unique way. And that's what I believe that we are pursuing. We know that this is a, a principle um, in nature, that that which is hidden is going to grow, that that which is hidden is going to um, have fruit that isn't hidden. And so God established that as, as sort of a, a model for in the ways that he's created things to work. We saw Jesus model this, that Jesus um, managed his secret life with priority, with he gave preference to that, he, he gave priority to it. When you think about it, the life of Jesus, more of his life was in obscurity to us than was public, than, than there were public works. Not like the public works department, but you know what I mean. That the, even in the story, in scripture, we see his life at the very beginning in his arrival, heralded by angels, worshipped by uh, wise men, and uh, rejoicing of shepherds, all of that. We see that. We see a little story where he's uh, a preteen-ish age, and he gets lost in the temple doing the will of his father, and then nothing, really. Like, what, what was he doing? <laughs> Until he's baptized by John. And there was a great deal of even the life of Jesus that was cultivated in secret until God began to make it public. There were times when he said, well, a a time, I don't know if there are multiple times, I think there was just one time, where he said, my time has not yet come. He was speaking to his mother. Um, But that he knew that there's something that I am cultivating in the secret place, and I I ought not make it public until it's time. And so we are in a season, I believe, where there are some things that he is cultivating in the secret place of us as individual believers and of the body of Christ. There is something that the Lord is cultivating in the secret place, and we need to have a faith and a confidence that it will become public. 
We can be concerned about whether or not the church is having enough uh, influence or whether or not the church is, is being publicly uh, praised enough or publicly seen enough and that a little bit, some of the stuff that's being seen publicly of the church is not super awesome right now. But the reality is I believe that he is cultivating something in the secret place of his people that will become public, that will become a move of God that is seen where Jesus is glorified through that. But we need to be careful that we not try to do something in public that has not been cultivated in private, that hasn't been cultivated in the secret place. We want to have a public place influence, and we're not willing to be influenced in in the private place, in the secret place. We want to do things out there that we're not willing to pay for in here. What do I mean by pay for? <laughs> really, it's, it's already been paid. <laughs> we just need to step into it. So we want to respond to this season. It's good to know. There's, there's questions that I ask the Lord in any given time, mostly when I'm disappointed or frustrated, because I don't think to ask until I'm there, but that I'll ask and I'll say, what season am I in and what are you doing in this season? If we don't know the season we're in, if we think we're in a different season than we're actually in, we can be pretty disappointed. The farmers know what season they're in. They would be stupid. We don't say stupid at our house. They would be not wise, careless, to plant seeds right now. There's no point in doing that because that's not the season. It would be dumb to go out and to try to harvest something right now and be disappointed that there's nothing to harvest. Why? Because that's not the season. So we are in a season, I believe, of the secret place. We are in a season to cultivate something on the inner man that is going to support the weight of what God is going to do. And we need to be uh, willing to give ourselves to that Do they wish it was time to plant? Maybe. Maybe they're enjoying the break. I don't know. So, one of the things that we know about the secret place is that it often happens behind closed doors. I think this is about what we're going to be able to get to is just this story. So let's dive into 2 Kings I think I gave you the wrong verse. Chapter 4. Because I have it written wrong in my notes, but I know where it is in my Bible. (laughs) Chapter 4, verse 1. Now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. So here's what's happened. There is a man who was basically attending the school of the prophets. He was um, maybe, I don't know, like an internship or something. But the prophet Elisha, who was the, uh, his predecessor was Elijah. The scripture says he had a double portion blessing of Elijah. 
he had a gathering of men who were the sons of the prophets. My guess is they were being mentored. They were, being, uh, they were serving, but they were also being mentored. And so he died, and he left debt. And so his wife is coming to Elisha, and she's saying, now the creditors, because this is the practice in that day, if you had debt, you couldn't pay the debt, they could take your children or your sons as slaves to pay the debt, because the debt had to be paid. So she said, your servant, my husband, my husband is dead. You know your servant for the Lord. The creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. Elisha said, what should I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? She said, your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors, even empty vessels. Or in other translations, get empty vessels. Do not just get a few. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into all these vessels and you shall set aside what is full. So she went from him and shut the door. Do you see the theme? Shut the door behind her and her sons and they were bringing the vessels to her and she poured. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil, pay off your debt, and you and your sons can live on the rest. So <clears throat> we have this woman uh, whose husband feared the Lord. He served the Lord and he feared the Lord. But she had a problem. And the first little piece I want to take out of this story is that we need to recognize when we have a problem, it doesn't mean that we're doing something wrong. She didn't have a problem. I don't know the entire story of how they got into debt, but I do know that Scripture tells us he served the Lord and he loved the Lord. He feared the Lord. He, he was a good man. And there are times when we can feel like we have a problem, so I must be doing something wrong. We have a problem, so I, I, I guess I don't have the favor of God. But we need to recognize that the presence of a need in our life, the presence of a problem in our life, is not evidence of the absence of God or frailty of our faith. The presence of our problem is an opportunity for God to meet us in that. It's an opportunity for God to be glorified through that. It's an opportunity for us to go to the Lord. And so she had a problem the problem is her sons are about to be sold into slavery. She's lost her husband. She can't pay the debt. She has no other solution. And so this is going to happen. She's going to lose her sons as well. And so there are times when we have a problem and we only come to God when we have no other option. And that's kind of the place she's in right now. I would say we have a problem with no other option right now. <laughs> we have a, a generation that is about to be lost. <laughs> and so we need to do what she did, and that is she cried out, it said, to the Lord. She cried out to Elisha, who at that time 
was the voice of the Lord because they didn't have the Spirit of God dwelling in them. If you wanted to hear from God, you had to hear from God through a prophet. And so there's a place where we need to recognize when we have a problem, it's an opportunity for us to cry out to the Lord, to say, I need a miracle here. I have no other option. So think about something in your life where you go, I just, I have no other option. Because that's an invitation to see God work. So she cried out, and Elisha, who probably, if we look at history and all of that, he probably could have found a way to pay off that debt. The prophets were well cared for. They were revered. They had means. And if not, if he didn't have the money, he could have like started a GoFundMe or something and gotten her the money because people listened to the prophet. But instead, and this is how it often goes, there's a pattern in scripture that when we call on God, he gives us a way to participate in the answer that he wants to give. He gives us a way to respond. When we need a miracle, he puts something out there that requires a response. Uh, the leper needed a miracle, and he said, go wash in the pool, or, you know, go wash in the river. And uh, there's multiple times this pattern in Scripture that when the word of the Lord comes, there is a response required of us. And so here he says, here's what you need to do. And he, he gives her this little plan, even though probably there were other ways to meet the need. The reality is God doesn't want to just do miracles for us. He wants to do miracles with us. He wants to co-labor in it. And what's awesome is he's always going to do the heavy lifting. He's always going to do the, the supernatural part. But oftentimes he gives us a natural part to play. He gave her a natural part to play so that he could meet her supernaturally. So it's an invitation to participate with him. So he asks, Elisha asks her, what do you have? And she says, I don't, I have nothing except this little bit of oil. How many of you, as it relates to pursuing the Lord for his move in your life or his move on the earth or for the miracle that you need, how many of you sometimes feel like, I have nothing <laughs> but this little bit of oil? I invite the Holy Spirit to show me what I have in a moment like that. What do I have? Even as it relates to this invitation to come into the secret place, if I'm really honest, I go, I don't have enough hunger for that. I don't have enough hunger for that, to really prioritize this and make it my priority. And he goes, what do you have? And I go, I've got this little bit of hunger. Great. I can work with that. 
I don't have, I, I don't know, you know, we, we talked to you about getting into the secret place and reading the word and, and praying and, and letting God speak to you. And maybe you go, I really don't know the word that well. Well, what do you have? Well, I know a few verses. I know I, know I could look at Psalms. I know I could, okay, he can work with that. We talk about getting in the secret place and hearing the voice of God and you go, I, I really, I don't think I can really hear God. I don't really have this history of being able to hear the voice of God. I haven't really cultivated that. Well, what do you have? Well, I have one time where I know he spoke to me. Great, he can work with that. What do you have? Bring that into the secret place because he wants to do something to multiply it. He wants to do something to, to breathe on that little bit of anointing. Oil often is about anointing. I think a lot of us right now, when we look at, we know what God wants to do on the earth. We know what he wants to do. We know what the solution is for brokenness that we see. And I go, but I have nothing but this little bit. And he says, I want to do something with that little bit. I want to do something because it's not about what you have. It's about what I'm going to do with what you have. Don't discount the little bit that you have. Even as it relates to time, I, I, want, to, I want to spend time in the secret place. I mean, if you really want to, you're, you will. But I'm just saying, we might feel like I can't carve out enough time. Okay, what do you have? I've got 15 minutes. Great, I can work with that. So what do you have? He wants to make your little a lot. So then he says, gather vessels. And he makes it really clear what kind of vessels to gather. What kind of vessels did he say to gather? Empty vessels. Gather vessels. Some of us don't have space for what the Lord wants to pour into us because we're so full of everything. We're so full of other things. We, we try to, to meet our needs in other ways, or, or we, we bring things, and we come full. <laughs> Here's what I need, God. Here's what you need to do. Here's what I know. Here's what I've studied. Here's what I've... And he has asked me multiple times in the last several months, will you just come empty? Will you just come empty? Because I always feel like there has to be a plan. I always feel like we have to, you know, let's lay out how, what we're, what am I bringing? And he goes, just, just your little bit of oil and then come empty. But sometimes we're so full of it. <laughs> trying to satisfy ourselves with everything else. But this is a season to let go of some things so that we can take hold of him. You know, part of that, I don't know yet if I think this. You know, part of the, the concept of not looking behind and looking forward might be emptying ourselves of everything we thought we knew 
Everything we've accomplished, everything, all the ways we think it's supposed to work, all the things that we've done before that have worked, there's an emptiness he's demanding, requiring, inviting in us in this season. Can I stop looking behind? I think sometimes we think about not looking at our our negative past or the sin in our past. That's a big piece of it. But I think sometimes it's, don't don't depend on that oil, because that oil's gone. (laughs) I have oil I want to pour out for right now, for this need that you have right now. It's really awesome. In, In some ways, she had just a little bit of oil left from what had been. And she got to sew that into the miracle that God was going to do, but he far surpassed what she had. So we want to come empty. Not only did he say, gather empty vessels, but he said, gather a lot of them. In, In some translations it says, and not just a little. Gather a lot of them. Because why? In, what I'm seeing in that is that there is, we sometimes think the limitation of the outpouring of God is on him. And please understand, I recognize the sovereignty of God. But there is a place where he will, he'll keep pouring into our preparation The limitation on what God can do may be the amount of emptiness we're willing to present to him. The number of times that we will come empty. The number of times that that we we will put ourselves before him. At the end of that story, it says, she asked for another vessel. He said, there's not one more, and the flow of oil stopped. that there is a pouring out of his anointing to the degree of our preparation to receive it, to the degree that we'll put ourselves before him in that, not in a striving way. We're just gathering empty vessels. <laughs> I, I want to see this room full, not just because it's going to validate us as a church or but because I want lots of empty vessels in this room. Because <laughs> I want to see what the Lord can pour out when we gather a lot of empty vessels. And we come empty before him and we let him bring what he wants to bring. And we say, we just have this little bit. We just have this 90 minutes on Sunday morning. We just have these moments in our family at the table. We just have this time in the word before I go to bed or when I wake up and let the Lord pour in what he's going to pour into that. And here's the final key. Once again, we have a story where the the outpouring of the Lord, the response of the Lord comes with an instruction to shut the door. He says, go into your house and shut the door. And then it says, she went into her house. She brought the vessels with her sons and they shut the door. 
And again, this is, it's not just about, yes, it's about being in the secret place with the Lord and not feeling like every miracle that God is going to pour out has to happen in front of everybody. I mean, why couldn't she go to her creditors and, and bring the empty jar and ceremoniously pour oil, this little teeny bit of oil is filling up this massive jar in front of them? Wouldn't that be cooler? Like, wouldn't that be, and then people would gather, and then everybody would see it, and the whole city's getting oil, and it's so amazing. I don't know. I don't know why he didn't do it that way. It seems so, like, let's do it that way. Be excellent marketing. But he didn't do it that way. He had something. He had a miracle that he wanted to pour out in the secret place for her and her sons. God has a miracle that he wants to pour out in your secret place for you and your family. Something's pouring out. <laughs> Not that kind of pour out, hopefully. But he has, he has things he wants. He wants, invite your kids into what God wants to pour out in your family. Cultivate something in your home that isn't dependent on what's happening here. And that will affect what's happening here. But there's something he wants to pour out if we will shut the door. What does it look like to shut the door? It's not just about privacy. It's about priority. <laughs> that I will shut the door to every other option. I will shut the door to every other way of meeting this need. I will give this priority over any other solution in my life. What else, how else do we shut the door? I don't know, I need my next page. Uh, yes, there is a place where we shut the door to create a place for intimacy. We shut the door to create that there would be a space. There's, a, there's, a, there's something significant about this action of the Lord is about to meet us. When you've gathered the jars, go in the room and shut the door. There's a place. Now, I've heard people say, well, I don't, I don't need to have a quiet time because I pray without ceasing. That's great. Jesus did not achieve your level of spirituality, I guess. <laughs> that, that there is a place, our ongoing connection with God is fueled by our, our space that we make for just us. My ongoing connection with my husband, texts that we send back and forth, phone calls, little things we discuss, yes, we talk without ceasing. Pray for him. <laughs> but, you know, so we, we have this ongoing connection. But that connection, the strength of that connection, the fruitfulness of that connection is limited to the amount of secret place time we, we share. It's limited to the amount of time we spend behind a closed door. Because that's the place of intimacy. If we aren't spending that time, our ongoing dialogue 
begins to fall apart. That thing you texted last week that he totally understood, this week he's like, what is that supposed to mean? And that's true with the Lord. It's true with the Lord that we need to have time in the secret place where we shut the door and we have a practice of being with him. What is different about your secret place time? Make, make something different about it. Maybe it's even something that you're doing, maybe there's real focused secret time, place time a couple times a week where you go to somewhere that is, is, this is my space to be with the Lord. And I just want to say, if you take a picture of your secret place and post it, it's not a secret place anymore. <laughs> a little coffee with a cup that says, just give me Jesus and coffee. Don't do it. Some of you are like, delete, delete, delete. <laughs> no, you can do it if God tells you to do it. I'm just saying, what is different about it? I was talking with a mom the other day, and she was saying how when she reads her Bible, she reads it on her phone. And she got to thinking with her little, she has maybe a three-year-old, that to her three-year-old, she's doing what she's doing all the rest of the day. To her three-year-old, she's reading the Bible, but the way that it looks, the, the way that that, he doesn't know, she's actually in the Word. Could we please bring back paper Bibles? Could we please? Like, I don't, I don't know how we ended up, like, we'll put the scriptures up here and then no one will bring their Bible to church. I would love it if you would bring your Bible to church. Why? Because... It's a, it's, it shows us we're doing something different. We're in a different place at home. Like the, touching the pages, I get it. I know you can do the same thing. Like maybe you have it on an on iPad and nothing else is on there. There's no like Candy Crush or anything else, just the Bible. That's awesome. But part of it is that it's, it's making that space different. What, what can your different space look like to shut the door? The other thing is we need to shut the door to distraction. That means probably you shouldn't read it on your phone. Because little things are going to pop up. And, the, and then you're like swelling like, oh yeah, I'll read, I'll read the Bible in a minute. Oh wait, I'm just going to answer this text. How many of you like sitting with somebody... Okay, we all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Ding! Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. We do this to the Lord all the time. So we have to close the door on distraction. We need to, we are the most distracted people on earth. It's working against the very principles that God put in order for how we grow in him and how we have secret place time with him. How do we shut the door? What does it look like? What do you need to shut the door on? Maybe it's your own thoughts. Maybe you're like, I don't have my phone. I have thoughts that are dinging. 
So what does it look like to come into a discipline? You know, one of the things I do in secret place time, because inevitably what will happen is I will begin to think of tasks. I'll begin to think of things I have to accomplish. I'll begin to think of the task that I have to do, or, oh, that's, did I call on that dentist appointment? Like, like, it takes forever to just get focused, but I have little post-its, and a thought comes up, and I write it, and I set it aside, and then I'm back. And then a thought comes up, and I write it, and I set it aside, and then I'm back. And as I've learned to kind of discipline, now I do a little brain dump before I even come to the secret place. That might work for you. Some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's not a problem for me. A lot of you are saying, like, I totally know what you mean. But do a little, a little brain dump. Anything that I'm worried about, I might come and, and go, okay, Lord, I, just, I leave this with you. 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 I'm just going to leave it. Okay. <sighs> Let's talk. Because otherwise, my entire secret place time is me asking Jesus to meditate on my worries with me. <laughs> Jesus, come meditate with me on all the things I'm worried about. And then I call it prayer. No. So we need to shut the door on those distractions. We talked about paying the price of secret time. You know, the only price that's paid is the price of your attention. I don't even know where that phrase came from. Pay attention, but it's working really well for me right now. That we come and we pay attention to what matters to him. We pay attention to his word. We pay attention to the ways that he's moving in us and, and, and compassion, and we lean into that. We ask more about it. When I'm in a conversation with Brian, and he's telling me about his day, the way that he knows if I'm paying attention or not, first of all, the phone is not in my hand. I'm not doing a whole bunch of other things and multitasking. And I'm asking him questions about what he just told me. That's partly how I pay attention, and I engage in it. And he, and he tells me about something that's going on at work, and I go, oh, well, what do you think, blah, blah, blah. And, and oh, well, how did you handle that? Oh, what did they say? Or whatever. It's always good stuff. It's always good stuff at work. But, but it's, you know, that's how I pay attention. That's how we pay attention to the Lord. We ask him questions, and then we let him answer. What else do you want me to know about that? Somebody brings something to you in the public place, and they say, here's a word of the Lord for you. And you go, okay, I'll let you know. And then you go to the private place with the Lord, and you go, what do you want me to know about that? And we pay more attention to him than we pay to other things. We pay more attention to the word that he's giving to what, than what we're reading in the news and what's happening in, in all these other spaces and eventually then, we are praying without ceasing. Eventually, we're walking that out. That thing that happens in the secret place begins to walk out in the private, in the public. So, what do you need to shut the door on? What does it look like for you to shut the door, to give priority to the secret place, to create a place for it? 
to um, pay the price of your attention, to shut the door on distractions. And then finally, we need to recognize that this secret place invitation is not about getting revelation. It's not about strategy. It's not even really about power. It's about the person of Jesus. We need to go into this invitation of secret place time with the right motivation and the right focus. And it was spoken today. I just want to see your face. I just want to be face to face with you. Moses had a practice of being with God face to face. And part of it was because Moses said, even when God said, I will still give you the promise, because, because God had given them a promise, God had given Moses power. God was saying, you can have all that. And Moses said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I will not go without your presence. I will not go without the person of God. And a lot of times we go into the secret place because we are obsessed with the promise. We are obsessed with the power. We're obsessed with the strategy and revelation. And there's something that he's doing in us that goes, I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. It's about the person. Jesus died for, yes, for all of those things to be restored, the promise to be restored, his power and his work on the earth, but it comes out of people who just dwell with him. So can we respond to that invitation to the, the person of Jesus who wants to meet us there? That means you don't have to bring a big agenda you don't have to have like some super holy plan. Bring what you have. And he's going to anoint that. Once you stand. <clears throat> holy Spirit, I thank you for your voice speaking to each individual right now so that we can respond to you, not to me. <laughs> I thank you that you are showing us what it looks like to shut the door in our lives so that we can walk through the open doors that you want to give us. I thank you, Lord, that you want to do miracles in the secret place on behalf of each one of these. I thank you, God, that you take what we do in the natural and you multiply it supernaturally. God, we come with an expectation of your multiplication in our secret place. We thank you for showing us what we have and we thank you for showing us that you want to do a lot with our little. God, I ask that you would bless our preparation, that we would be willing to gather the vessels, that we would be willing to, to become empty before you so that you can pour out the miracle that you want to pour out through us. We thank you that that private miracle eventually got brought into public. <laughs> 
But Lord, we're committed to secret place lifestyle that's focused on you as a person and the intimacy that you want to share with us. We just ask that you would minister an expectant heart for each person. That you'd give us a grace to gather the vessels, to shut the door, <laughs> and to see you work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org. Thank you.